Welcome back, everybody, to the OTH Football <laughs> Podcast. Uh, we are coming at you with another fantasy episode. This is the second fantasy episode of the 2021 NFL season. I'm your host, A. George Giro. I am joined by, of course, Mr. Justin Bell, Craig Schmucker, and with a very, very special guest, one of our first guests, or well, not even our first guest for the Fantasy Podcast, our second guest uh, from outside the OTH family. Sage, how are you doing this evening? And uh, just uh, so real I'm quick, before, before we get into it, before we get into it, two quick things. First off, I'd like to shout out our sponsor for the episode, Symbol. Sports betting is fun. The stock market is great. Great ways to make a tons of money if you know what you're doing. Symbol has created a way for you to be able to do both at the same time. So if you want to go over there and use our promo code OTH, you can get a free $10 deposit bonus on any deposit of $25 or more. If you go and use our code OTH at Symbol.com. And Sage, before we get into it, please give us a quick introduction. Uh, where can we find you? What do you do? Well, you can find me at, at Sage Up on Twitter or at Facebook at Sage Alvarez. So, so right now, uh, with uh, with uh, everything that's going on, we have a sports talk show uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday on Facebook on Today's California, Today's Canada, and at CoachellaValley.com. And uh, with, uh, go along with Barry Long the second, not the first, not the third, Barry Long the second. You know, it's a good. It's, it's, you'll see you'll a smile when you bring that up oh, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, with, with the quick introductions out of the way, as you guys can see, we are already, we're in the office, we're in the boardroom, we're ready to go. Uh, Jordan is definitely in the boardroom. Look, I'm 100%. in. 100%. Look, Justin looks like he's in the boardroom, too. He is. He, he is. Is, I, is that a, is, man, is that he's, a computer behind you, Jordan? Or Justin? Uh, no, that computer behind Oh, he's got a TV. He's got paintings. Oh, he's got everything. Oh, okay. He's all set. He's all the way, he's ready to go. And All I have is a, a whiteboard and a and a weird sign. Drop some on that. Oh yeah, we've got a coach Coach Schmucker in the building. Uh, for, I mean, for, hey, I don't know if you guys can see the play. There's a play back there. He does have some plays written on there. So There's a play. I got. I wrote out a play. I, for who? I don't know, but it's back there. <laughs> but it, it is up there. With that in mind, uh, we've got Justin has a couple questions from you guys out there. So we're gonna lead off with our mailbag for the day mailbag yeah this one's from uh mighty duck on twitter um so he ha asks if he should trade for chris godwin and melvin gordon and he needs to give up joe mixon and elijah mitchell he says his remaining wide receivers are Pittman, mooney and ayuk and um his remaining wide receivers uh, other than Mixon is uh, Saquon Barkley. Um, okay, so remaining running backs besides besides him is Saquon Barkley. I'm probably going to keep Mixon because Mixon, they, they showed that they want to use him as a workhorse back. And I'm really excited about that because I've been excited about Mixon since he came in the league. I've kind of been a Mixon truther from the beginning. And so... I'm not trading away Mixon at this point. I I believe in what they're doing, and he he's I think 25 at this point, so he's kind of right on the cusp of like being old in dynasty because 
you know, running backs that are 26 or old in Dynasty and everybody wants to trade them away. But if he shows out this year, you're going to be able to get a lot more for him than what they've been offered at this point. With the way that team is kind of built out with that wide receiver group, I'm not 100% sold on some of the talent there. Um, I like Mooney. I'm not sure what type of role he's going to end up having with the Bears. So for me, with uh, essentially a number one option already in place at running back, you know, a guy that you're expecting to get a certain level of production out of, like a Saquon Barkley, you know, you have expectations there. The Giants have expectations there. If they can get him working again, you know, I, I feel as though he's a true, you know, running back one. And after this first week, the way that Godwin played – I don't think, uh, you know, I like Melvin Gordon a lot. I think he's going to have a big role in that offense. But, uh, you know, they still have to deal with, uh, you know, uh, essentially carry splits between him, um, Philip Lindsay, Javante Williams, all them. So he might not be getting the majority of the carries, but I think he could still end up being a solid piece. Uh, if it were me, I would, you know, definitely go for this trade. That's just me. I love the value that Godwin has, especially after seeing what he did in that first game for the Buccaneers. He's definitely going to be a really integral piece of that offense, and it's one that should be really good. My guy Lindsey's in, in uh, Houston now. Oh, is he? Yeah, is he? for the Texans. Oh, my bad. Then st- I mean, still, Javante yeah. no, was fine. awesome. You're fine. Awesome this week. It was good. So, yeah, it, for it sure. Was, it was and really Gordon, good. Gordon. He had a game. Really surprised me. He had a game. He, he surprised me, but if, if it's Mixon, if I'm if I have to so- decide between him and Mixon, I, oh, I like cool. Mixon. You know, I I, and I we can't blame you for that at all. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the side. Yeah, if, if that first game he had twice as almost twice as many or almost the same amount of targets. I mean, as Mike Evans and uh, Antonio Brown combined. Uh, so you know Tom Brady's um, going to be going after him. The Bucks just paid him all that money, so they want to get their money's worth. Um, I forgot to mention this is supposed to be a redraft question, but um, oh, okay. I'm definitely good win side. Yeah, Godwin. Godwin's very good. The only thing is that it's very it's a lot easier to get wide receiver production off the waiver wire than it is to get running back production. So it would really depend on your roster. But most of the time, if you can get an elite running back, if you can get Mixon, I would probably lean towards Mixon. I mean, and I, I think that's totally fair. Uh, even in redraft, um, I think Mixon is is turning out to be a really good running back option. Uh, Sage, what do you have on, on this uh, mailbag question? I'm going with the Mixon side. Uh, you don't give up. You don't give up that type of quality running back. And Melvin Gordon uh, stats were really inflated off of one play this past week. So um, no, I can't. I can't. I'm not going I'm, I'm, I'm in the redraft. I'm not sure if Melvin Gordon is going to get, win me a playoff game later on this season. Yeah, no, he won't be. Concerned about if I'm making that trade. Yeah, that that's certainly a good point. Uh, and like Justin said, um, it, it really comes down to, I guess, what type of uh, team you're building and, and what type of um, players you already have on your roster. Um, and that's just kind of what makes that, honestly, like, that's a tough trade because I've got some teams where I'd be really willing to just be like, I need some wide receivers, please. But, um, 
it, it all comes down to how, how everything shook out uh, early in the season. Uh, I know we have a couple other questions. Justin, what, what else do we have uh, yes, coming out of the bag? Yes, second question is just a simple start uh, sit. Or not start sit. Um, uh, which would you rather start here? Um, LaVisca Chanel or James Robinson? I'm going with LaVisca Chanel because I just don't trust that run offense. And, I mean, uh, I know Carlos Hyde had nine carries and Robinson had seven, but also I, I just – I'm not trusting it. And they could be behind early and have to throw it a lot, and that would play more into the wide receiver role, which would play more into what – and uh, LaVisca Chanel getting more touches – and 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 PPR leagues, that's great. Yeah, and even the Jaguars tied in. Uh, O'Shaughnessy had a bunch of targets last week. I think it was seven. Um, so I don't really know what Urban Meyer's obsession is with getting him and Carlos Hyde involved in their offense so much. Um, but I don't think it's going to end right away. So I'm with you on also on starting LaVisca this week over James Robinson for sure. Meyer just needed Especially. to get, a, get some guys closer to his age, uh, some targets. <laughs> Yeah, that's no, up, man. That's so mean. That's real messed I'm, up. So, I'm sorry. But yeah, no, I'm with you guys 100. I, mean, I like Lavisca um, for this one, just because even when they're not trailing, or even when they are just kind of in a good enough spot, it looked like they were really willing to really, you know, dish the ball out anyway. And as much as I wasn't super impressed by Trevor's performance. In terms of, you know, his decision-making wasn't always there 100% of the time. Uh, he made a couple uh, interesting decisions, to say the least, resulting in three turnovers uh, just from his hand. But he still threw for over 300 yards. Like, those type of things to again. rack up. I mean, they're playing the... They're playing the Broncos. Broncos have a good Ugh, defense. Yeah, they, they have, do. And the Giants they have a, the hard they have a pretty They have a pretty good offense. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is super underrated, and everybody shits on him, but he he's not a bad quarterback. I mean, he can run an offense. He's a real game manager type quarterback. Yeah. And so you're going to have to throw the ball to keep up with him. No, I, I Especially on agree. that team, on the Jacksonville team. I mean yeah. – I'm saying Teddy Bridgewater is a game manager, but when you're a game manager playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're actually throwing for a ton of yards and a ton of touchdowns. Yeah, he's he's going to have to really kind of try and pull the strings himself, and we're talking about uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, from that sense because uh, I think even yes. with the absence of Jerry Judy for the next couple of weeks with that kind of uh, that high ankle sprain that he picked up against the Giants, Teddy Bridgewater was so good. He was extremely efficient, and, and that's what was really impressive to me is uh, he just did what he normally does. He was efficient. He uh, protected the ball well, and he put his players in the best places for them to succeed. I mean, the fact that uh, both Noah Fant and Albert O, I'm not going to go into that right now. Um, <laughs> Albert O. Albert uh, I mean, I know it just because uh, I've followed Mizu a little while. Okwebunum? Uh, sir, that's, o that's Okwebunum to you. Um, okay. Okay, Boonham. Yeah. Uh, it's not as bad as they made it seem, uh, out to be. But either way, uh, Teddy was really impressive. Uh, in this case, between Robinson and, and LaVisca Chenault, it, it's got to be LaVisca. 100%. Well, I'm going to have to be the odd man out because I'm going oh. James. All right. Okay. Yeah. I see I see a switch of things. I see things change. I, I see. I don't. I'm, 
I, I think we're going to expect a little bit more prepared uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they need it. I think I'm saying that they're going to involve James Robinson more, and I expect him to get some uh, get some run, uh, running uh, get some rushing touchdowns, and I expect him to, to do well for fantasy owners next week. I like that. Yeah, that's fair. No, and I think the big thing that that you said there is the Jags have to come out more prepared. You know, they right. really have to. They you know, really do. They need to come out and, and look at the test that they have in front of them and, and actually get ready for it. Because last week, the biggest thing that I could say that they looked was not ready. They just looked just unprepared. It almost looked like they they, they came out to play the Texans, but the Texans... Uh, just they, they weren't coming out to play is their thing. They were coming out to win. They come out to win. Yeah, Tyron Taylor gave him so much credit. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, was, have... I didn't have faith in him. I'll be straight up. I just oh, did. Man. I thought, I thought, I thought Jaguars were going to win it. So, Mark Ingram coming out for twenty six carries, like he's Frank Gore the second. I mean, nobody could have expected that. No, uh, Justin, by chance, do we have any more mailbag? I think we've got some time for another mailbag or two. I think we had one or two more. Uh, yeah, so um, somebody else asked if I have Jameis Winston and I'm trying to flip him right now. What would I, what should I be targeting um, in a trade? Are we talking dynasty and, or redraft? Just yeah, to, this one is, definitely that has to be yeah. dynasty. It has to be dynasty, dynasty, right? Is it dynasty? It has to be okay. dynasty. It has to be super flex. It has to be dynasty. So if it's super flex and it's dynasty, I'm at least targeting uh, a first round pick because. Quarterbacks are super valuable in Superflex Dynasty formats. Mm-hmm. So you have to get at least a first-round pick for for Jameis at this point. But honestly, I might be comfortable holding off on, on him for at least another week or two, let him produce, and after he produces for another week or two, maybe get even more. Maybe you get a first and a second-round pick. Yeah, that's um, what I kind of did here. I have two. I have Jameis Winston in two of my leagues, and I decided to hold in one league and trade him in another league. And I flipped him along with Elijah Mitchell, and I got a first, a second, and I got Friar Muth. I thought it was. Pretty I like good. that. That's good. Was, was it possibly? Was it possibly a uh, a tight end premium league? No, no, it's not tight end premium. Okay. It's still good though. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean Friarmuth so looked great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It would have been it, obviously it would have been better Next with the premium. He was good, but, it could be. But great. that's also a very good pick. I mean, because I've been looking to trade uh Mitchell for around the second round pick anyways, because he's in most leagues around a fourth round rookie pick. And if you could take a fourth round rookie pick and turn around and flip him for a second, that's that's huge. Yeah, the the absolute value that you're getting out of a flip like that is something that you really can't understate. And if we're just talking, going back to straight up about Jameis, I think the best thing you can do is exactly what you said, Craig. Hold him for another week or two. Let him produce. Uh, the only thing is, is that's a little bit of a riskier play in terms just because it might just be me not being 100% sold, but... I'm sold. I know you're sold. I was sold, sold before the season. I know you were sold before the season, and you were, like, really, really ready to, to be all so in ready. on Jameis. My big thing with him is is there is the slightest uh, chance, opportunity, whatever it may be, that there is a game or two that he tanks, and that kind of kills the value of trying to flip him for a first. So that's kind of the risk you'd be for having sure. to take. My thing is... 
I think it's a good enough risk because if you can end up having him produce for another two weeks or so, you might be able to get more than just well, not just more, a lot more than a, just a first. You could we could be talking first, seconds, first and roster player, et cetera, et cetera. And especially because like they, this week they play the Panthers, and then after that, I mean they play the Patriots, which is going to be pretty rough. But then after the Patriots, they play the Giants, which the Giants are okay on defense. But I mean, I think I think Jameis can eat them up. Yeah, you guys missed me on the uh, Saints versus Packers podcast earlier, but I was going to be talking a little bit about Jameis and why I kind of wanted to sell on him. When I was watching the game, I counted five overthrows. Johnson caught two of them, and the other three that were overthrown, they went out of bounds. But I look like the Saints are kind of planning for that and giving him a lot more routes to where if that's where he's always struggled is those overthrows. And if he's overthrowing his receivers, it's going to be an out-of-bounds or like the throws to Johnson. It's going to be so far out of the end zone that nobody's going to catch it. Yeah, that's a, that's actually a really good catch. And uh, good I, I, I didn't necessarily like just pick out those kind of intricacies, which, I mean, that's, that's just an awesome pick. Um, because you're right, like – the fact that they have so many receivers, especially with Juwan Johnson and when he's healthy, Michael Thomas, that has that large catch radius, uh, and if they're running specific routes to where if there is a ball that's over or underthrown, it's ending up outside of the defender's kind of kind of space in in the play, that really does kind of account for any type of inconsistencies that we might see out of Jameis. And I think that just is credit to the genius of Sean Payton there. Yeah. Uh, do, we have, do we have any more hard, mailbag questions? Do we have one more, I thought? Or was uh, that the last one? We the Zeke get... Pollard trade. Oh, yeah. The, um, hold on. That's with Zeke and Pollard for... Oh, what was it? I saw it earlier that we had it. Um... Zeke and Pollard for Godwin and Melvin Gordon. No, we did that and... one. Or did, did you mean the uh, Curtis Samuel in a second for Elijah Mitchell? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, we did get that one in. That was like a really late submission. That was just earlier this afternoon. So what do you guys think on this one? Curtis Samuel and a second, a 2023rd second for Elijah Mitchell. I'll leave yeah, that up to I, you guys. I'm – I still need a second to think on that one. Yeah, we know Samuel's injured right now, and um, Mitchell's had the hot hand in that last game for the 49ers, but I, I don't think that you can base too much off of one game there. Um, the 49ers, they, they like to spread the ball around to their running backs, so it could be any game. It could be hasty the next game. Um, Wilson could be back, I think, at week three or four, four or six, I mean. Trey Sermon. Uh, yeah, Trey Sermon. Uh, he seems like he's yeah, in the sure. house, but at any time, if he starts performing well, I mean, he's going to get the carries. So just too many miles to feed in the way that they want to perform or um, the way they want to work their offense is not really um, – going to lead to a, a bell cow back so uh, that's kind of too much to be giving up for not a bell cow back and, and me personally like in one of my leagues i have elijah mitchell and i'm trying to say tr trade him away and i would take just a second round pick so getting curtis samuel and a second round pick absolutely i would take curtis samuel and a second round pick because curtis samuel is going to come back from ir he will perform because he is a good wide receiver and you get a second round pick on top of it which is, the thing about picks is they don't 
appreciate and value they only appreciate and value so like when it gets closer to your rookie drafts people are going to be wanting those picks so you can trade them away for even more than you can right now that's a great point yeah i gotta accumulate them yeah it's and with that, with that trade i i gotta take the curtis samuel side too it, it, it's a it's a no-brainer um being in dynasty that second round pick, I can get another Elijah Mitchell, but like I got easily, Curtis, I got Curtis Samuel too, uh, coming back from the IR when when he does get back. Oh, um, okay, count me in, because uh, is next year is the Niners running situation? Is he the guy next year? I don't even know that, um, and they still could be committee by next year. So I I'm like, uh, give me the second round pick. And like you said, I would do it for a second. I I'd, I'd be like, I'm trying to give you like get another two seconds, but. If I get one second, I might, I might do it. Do yeah, it. at this point, and if you're in a rebuild, <laughs> if you're in a rebuild, uh, getting a second round pick for Elijah Mitchell at this point is great. Because, I mean, Elijah Mitchell could wind up becoming this season's James Robinson, or he could wind up having one good week and doing nothing after that. Because Trey Sermon comes in and takes the carries, or... Literally anybody else because it's a Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, it's the Kyle Shanahan offense, so you don't know exactly what's going to happen. It could be anything. That's Curtis Samuel what happened after he picked Mike Davis after week three. I saw some stats that just blew my mind. Like, that's pretty much what, why the Panthers had three good great receivers last year over the 1,000-yard mark. Yep. Yep. And I think now that uh, that it looks like Washington is going to end up starting uh, Taylor Heineke, whether that be for injury or otherwise, I think if Heineke ends up being their guy for the foreseeable future, I think that offense is honestly better with Heineke than it is with Fitz. Uh, you know, I was we talked about this on an earlier podcast with the preview. Fitz is one of those guys where he's very much boomer bust and pre-injury. It, it looked like he was leaning towards towards bust a little bit. Um, and I think Heineke has a really underrated skill set. He's got a nice arm. He's extremely athletic. His movement outside the pocket and outside the tackle box is really impressive. Um, so I think that that offense can actually be really, really good with Heineke at the helm. Yeah, and they might be drafting a rookie next year and hold Samuel for dynasty for when that rookie comes in next year oh, yeah. and year after. So that'll be the last thing I say. I got to go, guys. Um, getting late. For All me. right, man. Oh, yeah, thank you, buddy. We, we really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, definitely. See ya. We'll catch you next time, Justin. I have a good one, Justin. But yeah. All right, we have sure. just a couple, just a couple more segments. Uh, the the new one, the new segment. This one, as created by our own resident. Uh, <coughs> Is that me? <coughs> Genius. <coughs> uh, uh, sorry. I might oh have my gosh. But Craig. Uh, oh yeah. We're playing hot this... takes and cold beer. Exactly. Our new game. Yes, we've, please. We've got, look, we've got a game for college. Hot takes and cold we've beer. We've got a game for fantasy now. Hot takes. Let's fucking go. And cold beer. Raise them up if you got them. If not, hey, that's perfectly okay. We love. There we. Perfect. Perfect. We've got something cold, and we're we're gonna be throwing out there with some spicy fantasy takes. Uh, I don't know if I want to go first. I'm not sure on on mine because i don't know how hot mine can be because my fantasy 
expertise and knowledge I'm, I, is not nearly as high as everybody else's in this call. Uh, I did not have a great week in fantasy. I'll just put it like that. Um, <laughs> so uh, I mean, it would it really week one was very bad for it, it, was, like it was it was bad for everybody. It was extremely weird. It was a weird week one. Yeah, it, it just it was all over the place. So uh, we're actually gonna go with our guest first, Sage. Uh, I know you're very much on the spot for this one. Uh, do you have any hot takes for fantasy uh, coming up after week one? <laughs> So my the hottest take I have, and I just been seeing so many on Twitter just go so cold on him, and I'm then the one that's been pushing him all offseason. I'm like, like buy Darnell Mooney, and I'm not I'm not on the is he okay? Is he good? I think he's gonna be great. He's, he's good. good. Yeah. He's good. He's good. Great, but he's gonna be great. Great by next year. Like give him. For the, sure. I I saw so many so much film where I'm just like, why does this guy have Nick Foles throwing? Like literally, like you go back on this film, and I'm telling you, there's like 70, 60, 80 yard touchdowns left on the field, basically because we've got overthrown, uh, just completely. It just looked ugly last year, and you know this year I want feels I, I do want him on the field at some point. Walton uh, will be able to get him the ball. I think a lot better than his, in my opinion. No, that's a good one. I, I really like that one. Um, this one might so, Craig. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this one. I'll let you finish up our our, our uh, hot takes and cold beer segment. If we if we think of another one as as the conversation goes on, um, of course we can bring it up. I actually have two that just kind of came to my brain. Um, one. I'm very high. I was high on him before. I'm even higher on him now after watching him in week one. Kenny Gainwell. Guys. He looked great. Kenny Gainwell. Great. Pick, like, dynasty or redraft. If you've got, like, oh, a I late do. round pick that you're willing to kind of just, like, like, one of my redraft names is I love Bruce Arians just as a guy, as a coach. He's just, he's such a character. Um, one of my names of one of my teams is literally No Risk It, No Biscuit. So that's a team. I've got like six rookies. Gainwell's one of them, uh, and I, I just love him. His skill set is so NFL ready. He's surprisingly polished for a guy who only played one year at college. He only he only played his freshman year, but put up two thousand all purpose yards. Like that's absolutely. He was a monster, insane. and I think he was a. Uh, I think it was a high school wide receiver, wasn't he? I believe he was, oh. and he shifted to running back, and he came in. Yes. At Memphis, keep in mind, like that's not a bad program, and they play in a, in a solid conference. It definitely is not a bad program at and, all. And they play in a, a decent enough conference. He immediately took to running between the tackles and just said, "All right, I can do this." Took took a little bit yeah. of a beating at times, but still, he's like, "I got this." A thousand and a thousand in his first year in college, or it, it was something like that. It might be like twelve hundred and eight hundred. Uh, either way, extremely impressive. He impressed me in his in his first week. The other one. My underrated quarterback for the season, like, this is a guy that I, like, legitimately am getting points from, and I'm a little surprised from it. You guys might make fun of me for this one, but I'm okay with that. Kirk, you like that, Cousins. Cousins, baby. Kirk's cousins, baby. So here's here's kind of why. They don't have the easiest schedule, and I, I completely understand that. But thing is, they're in conference schedule – 
should be one of the easier ones, especially with the defenses that he'll be coming up against. The Lions have a relatively soft defense, as do the Packers, and I understand that they're going to be playing big games against the Bears, and the Bears have a solid defense in kind of, like, they've got some guys. They've got some guys in every kind of facet they of their defense. They have guys. They just have guys. Like, it's as simple as that. Um, but if you look at the rest of their, like, out-of-conference games, you've got the Panthers. He's going to be able to put up some yards on the Panthers. The Cowboys, who at this point, I was like, you know what? I was liking the way their defense looked. Now that they're missing a couple of their key pieces on defense due to injury, I'm not so sold on that one. Uh, the Ravens, uh, that's a little tough. Chargers, again, their defense is solid. Um, Niners, Steelers, they play. They, he plays some good defenses. But all in all, I think he'll be able to produce for anybody's fantasy team. I mean, shoot, I just picked him as kind of a, a flyer, like, oh, great, I need another quarterback. I've got Justin Herbert. I'll start this guy as a super flex. All of a sudden, he's putting up 20 points for me this week. Uh, I mean, that that was just – yeah, that was just a huge surprise for me, and he played well. Wow. He's got really good talent in Dalvin Cook and a couple really, really good receivers. I mean, Craig, I got to do it for you. JJ, Justin Jefferson, baby. You got to love it. Man, that man. He is, that's that fucking guy. He's that guy. He's that guy. We want to talk he about that guy. that guy. He is that guy. Also, KJ Osborne did not look bad either no. as the as third a receiver. Three? As a three, he didn't look bad. He looked pretty good. He didn't good. look bad. And I'm a big yeah. fan of uh, Adam Thielen. Just like I think he brings, yeah. he brings a lot. Who to doesn't table. like Adam Thielen? Um, if you don't like Adam Thielen, only people that don't like person. Adam Thielen are the ones that try to trade him in Dynasty. <laughs> okay, well Dynasty, that's, I can yeah, understand it fair, because yeah. <laughs> literally everyone's probably Everyone, trying to like, trade like him in Dynasty. Year, what's his value in Dynasty? It's like, really rough, honestly. <laughs> thing is, you bring that up, and it's it's kind of a shame that it's rough because. He has what like I understand he's, Kirk Cousins. He's got like he's got like wide receiver one potential. And the thing is, it's Wasn't not even from a lack of consistency from Kirk. It's honestly a lack of consistency in their play calling and their offensive line because I think Kirk Cousins is a relatively consistent during the regular season quarterback. Yes. Here's the thing for fantasy. We don't do the playoffs. Our playoffs are the end of the regular season. So, right. like, that's, like, prime, you like that, Kirk Cousins. You, you know, like that. You like that, ooh-wee. Ooh-wee. He's just, he's so, he's just ooh. something else. He's so much fun. Um, but those are my hot takes. I'm a big fan of both Kenny Gainwell and Kirk Cousins, especially early in this season. Uh, Craig, what do you have for us? Brady as the number one quarterback overall this week. All right. Play okay, it. I need some numbers. Against, Give me some numbers, against, baby. He's playing against the Falcons. I mean, yeah, that's that's yeah. easy money for for me. I mean, I know it's. I mean, it's it's a hot take. I I can realize that it's a hot take because he's forty four years old playing against the Falcons. But also, he has Godwin. He has A. B. He has Mike Evans. He has Gronk apparently because he likes to throw to him way more than I thought he would. And he has OJ Howard, maybe, if he's in the game. But he has more weapons than he can even freaking use. Yeah. And he's playing the a... Falcons, who are terrible. Oh, do they still have Cameron so, Brate as well? 
Yes, he's there. He's there. He's a person. He exists. Person. And he's actually, and he's a really good tight so, end as well. Like he's yeah. a very and solid he's the, option. He's like the tight end three in that That's offense. That's ridiculous. He's so, the tight end three. He's the guy that says Starbucks. So, <laughs> he he makes sure that Tom Brady makes it home and doesn't die when he's drunk, and he also brings him a Starbucks when he wants it. So <laughs> like like we have we have plenty of weapons there, so I got Brady as a quarterback one overall this week. That's my hot take. Do I do I 100% believe in it? But probably not. That's why it's a hot take. Yeah, but I mean, do I see it happening? I really think it's a possibility because he's playing the Falcons. Yeah. Well, I hope so. I have my fans. I have my fancy my redraft and dynasty, so I really hope Brady. Hey, you're, you're hoping Craig's right on this one. <laughs> big time. I'm, I'm hoping Craig, for it. I'm <laughs> hoping for it for Better you. Be right. Also, uh, let's see what else do I have. I got Saquon under 75 yards rushing this week. Uh, who are the Giants? Oh, hey, I'm with them. They, they play Washington, I believe. Yes, they, they play, play Washington, Washington on Thursday. On Thursday. And he is Not questionable. He's questionable already. So even if he plays, even if he plays, he's not going to be full strength. And he's going to be going against the Washington football team defense. Is it smart for him to play tonight on that Thursday? It almost seems like they don't. Me personally, I mean, the Giants are, are dog shit anyway. So, like, if I was the head coach, I don't think he should play. Four days on that, on what he just recovered four from. Days think, rest yes. Four days of rest. Four, day, four days of rest and on a recovered ACL, I think that maybe they should just go ahead and hold him for next week because, I mean, the, the NFC East, you don't know what's going to happen anyways, so you can always come back and win, it, win a few games here and there and wind up winning the division. So, like, for me... This week, I'd probably what I'd probably rest him on a, on a Thursday right, night, right. yeah, against the Washington football team defense with Chase Young. Like, no, absolutely not. I don't want him running against that defense. That defense is so solid, and I mean, can real quick, they don't really have a lot of different options with like uh, what is it, Gary Brightwell and. I mean, oh, like nothing New York, New York's else. Other running backs, uh, like yeah, their, their depth chart for running backs. You've got Saquon Barkley, questionable. Devontae Booker, Booker looked good in Week One. I'll give him that. Booker, I thought looked pretty good. Uh, and then Gary Bryant. I hate like Booker. Him. You don't like Devontae yeah. Booker? Yeah. I hate Booker. Why? He's he's always a guy that you're like, oh, he's gonna do good, and then he's absolute hey, he, shit. He made an absolutely so fantastic catch. Did you see that catch he made that though? Doesn't matter. It was. I, I'll never uh, pay attention to him. It was really good. I'll never pay attention to him. I'll right, never pay sage, attention to him. Sage, in my whole not, life. You with me on this? He's not fantasy relevant, but like I like Booker. I like how he. Hey. Did decent. I mean, yeah. For a second, for a second string running back, he's great. But like. Oh, fantasy wise, right. he's, he's irrelevant. Like. It, it, yeah, definitely. We all. We all know. We all know he's irrelevant. Keep a roster spot, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, if, okay, if Saquon went thing. down to injury for the whole year, like he might be a Booker would, he, he might be a good pickup. Here's my thing: How many, like realistically, this might even be another hot take. How many Giants players are fantasy relevant at all right now? And I only say that because Jason Garrett is the absolute worst. 
Like there My is- God, Sterling Shepard, how the hell did he just become the fucking guy out of nowhere? It's not even out of nowhere. Oh my He's been God. good the last couple of years. No, but Shepard, is- Shepard's always been a good player. We all know Shepard's a decent wide receiver. We all know that he's a good one. Not even just decent. He's a good wide receiver. Yeah. But Shepard always deals with injuries, so everybody just kind of fades him. Discounts him him a little bit. Especially, especially in like dynasty drafts. So he he's he probably can be had for like a a third round pick, or like maybe if you have to send like two third round picks. Like if I say like a a twenty two and a twenty three third round pick, if you're uh if you're a contender. And you can get Sterling Shepard onto your squad very easily that way. Yeah, I, I think that, honestly, the only couple players that I'm seeing right now, just because of their offense and the absolute just lack of creativity, and honestly, their offense is just boring. It's just not great under yeah. Jason Garrett. But what do we expect? It's Jason Garrett. Um, Kenny yeah. Galladay was good. The uh, fans guy. Is it is it more of Jason Garrett? them not getting uh the team into a new direction with QB is it Daniel Jones I think that's why we that's why I I feel like the Giants are a boring offense because Daniel Jones is like the 34 35th ranked QB last year and uh for, yeah that is for me good. Sage I feel like uh if he had a different offensive coordinator I feel like Daniel Jones could be a better quarterback I think I don't think he's I don't think he's elite. Um, for for me personally, he's not is an he elite quarterback. He he can be a game manager, but I think he can actually go out and win games for you as well, yeah. because he has he has the wheels to do it. Like like he Daniel Jones, he's he if you it. if you look at his uh, his headshot, obviously he does not look like an athlete because. <laughs> We've all seen the headshot of Daniel Jones. Yeah. He does not like an athlete, but that dude has some freaking wheels. And we yeah. saw it last year when he tripped up and fell at like the twenty yard line or whatever it was. That was so bad. But it was um, it was really bad. But also, it really showed the wheels that he has on him. Like so, Daniel Jones, he can he can throw it down the field. And all, yeah. honestly, if Kenny Galladay is back healthy, Daniel Jones has a really good deep ball. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what Kenny Galladay is good at, is catching the deep ball, which he caught from Matthew Stafford a ton in Detroit. So if Kenny Galladay is healthy and Daniel Jones is healthy, I think that I can believe in this New York Giants offense a little bit more. I'm closing my eyes because I don't know how much I can actually believe in them, but I feel like I want to believe in them because I, but just because of so how good, how good each of them are apart from each other, I'm hoping that together they'll be better. I don't know. So, for but me, like I'm looking at this and Sage just to kind of answer your question a little bit. I think it's kind of a two-sided coin. Like with Daniel Jones, can he be good? Yes, but thing is, he always yes. is going to have that backpack of Jason Garrett for the time being, and the Giants. As an organization, as we know, is stubborn. 
They don't like to get rid of coaches, especially a guy that's been there before. And Garrett was with the Giants before he was even a coach. So, you know, that's essentially, you know, the Maras, and, and that's just how they are. They don't like to get rid of their guys. Look at, I mean, get them. Yeah. Good Lord. Um, but it's it's too, it's that two-sided coin right now, and in a way also a double-edged sword, because I can't look at this situation and say, okay, Daniel Jones is good without Jason Garrett. I've never seen him without Jason Garrett. And at the right. same time, I can't tell, is the offense boring because of Jason Garrett, or is it because of Daniel Jones' skill set? Because I've never seen them apart, it's really hard to tell, especially with the Giants. I think I think uh, I think it's uh, both. I think it's got, both. Got woken up on J- Jason Garrett's, uh, you know, what did he actually do for Tony Romo? I think Tony Romo's. Cool. I don't think that. Not I think much. Tony Romo did a lot for himself. I think that honestly, for me, I know that it might not be for everybody else, but I don't think Daniel Jones is a bad quarterback. Oh no! And I think that he's with a bad coordinator, and I think he has the ability to throw the ball and run the ball. And if he had the correct coordinator, we could see a really good offense from this New York Giants team. But unfortunately, we see Jason Garrett, the clap hands guy, still there, just just clapping hands on the sideline, <laughs> trying to trying to make sure everybody feels good. No, he, he looks, and, he looks and like shit a seal. is not going well. <laughs> It's not going well. He reminds me of a seal. Why are you clapping? Just barking into know. the mic and then... <laughs> we fucking got this. We got this. We're down 34 to nothing. We're in this, it's guys. Okay. We still got this. We're in this. Um, I love every one of you. I love every single one of you. All We're right. okay. All right, guys. We've got one more big question for everybody. This is not as much a hot take. This is just one kind of last big topic o- over over this coming week. What is one game that each of us are kind of looking at from a fantasy perspective that we think will produce a lot of points? One game. Just give me one. one. Game. Go we're ahead, gonna, Sage. Jeff. We're going to go with Sage. All right. I swear uh-huh. if you take mine, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> I'm going to make sure this works. I've got, I've got one in mind. For fantasy? Yeah, that I think, like, in general could could produce a lot of points. So, the game I'm a little, I'm a little worried about because I think it can get out of hand pretty quickly. But if the surprise I, that I saw from last week, if Tyrod Taylor can keep the game close. Oh, Texans Browns? Okay. Blowout? How many points yes. did Chubb get? That's some, that's some spice <laughs> right there. It. I'm all about that. He's thrown all the spice on it. We need to get him in every episode, that. man. Yes, can we get? Hey, Sage, are you a regular? Can we? Can we just make that happen? Yeah, we can make that happen. I get. I, oh, I got you, man. Awesome, bro. All right, Craig. I'll tell my guys. Uh, what's what's your big uh what's your big game of the week in terms of man? Points? Oh I man! Mean, if you pick the one that I uh, want. for 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 me, I think that. I have to go with uh, the Cowboys and the Chargers. Okay. Come on. And you hate me. But, uh, so <laughs> so since, since, since you hate <laughs> me, I guess I'll go with something different. No, but please I'll go, go no, with no, the no, Eagles. No, straight up, go ahead. Like, uh, okay. I, I, okay. I have a couple, okay. actually. 
Okay, so the Cowboys and the Chargers, but yeah. honestly, how can you not go with Cowboys and the Chargers? You have Justin Herbert, you have Dak Prescott, you got yeah. Keenan Allen, you got Amari Cooper, you have Austin Eckler, you have CeeDee Lamb, you have, I mean, the list goes on. Amari, I mean, Amari Cooper really showed that he is still the guy for mm-hmm. Dallas. Everybody wanted to try and write him off like, oh, CD is the number one wide receiver in Dallas. Well, guess what? Amari Cooper still exists. Yeah, He's still he there. Amari Cooper made sure that you know that he is that fucking guy. Amari Cooper is that guy. He is going to... He's going to be the guy that receives the most targets from Dak. He's going to be the guy that successfully just catches all of the targets from Dak. And also, I mean, just the the Chargers versus the Cowboys? Come on. You got Zeke. You have Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler, if he's healthy, will do well. I think that Zeke, so everybody's panicking on Zeke from week one. I'm not personally. I'm personally buying Zeke, especially in Dynasty Leagues, because people are, like, freaking out about, oh, he didn't do well in the in the first week, and he didn't do well a lot of last season. Tony Pollard's the guy. Tony Pollard is not the guy. Ezekiel Elliott still accounted for about 80% of the snaps. Ezekiel Elliott is still the guy for that offense. And he's the guy that I want on my team. He's the guy that's going to get most of the carries. He's the guy that is going to get me tons of rushing yards. And the the thing that happened last week is they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And when you play the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you have Kellen Moore as your offensive coordinator, he's going to realize... Oh, well, maybe we should not run the ball against the best front seven in the whole NFL. Maybe we should just throw the ball. Oh, maybe we should just throw it. And and it worked. And and they should have won the game, but they were playing Tom Brady. And even when you should win the game, I personally, me, think that Dak outdueled Tom Brady, but you can't out Tom Brady. Tom Brady, that's the issue. You can't. Yeah, that's the problem. I can't. I can think whatever I want to think, but you can't out Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady's the fucking guy. But also, it it just happens, man. Yeah, it just happens. Mine, mine. Honestly, now that I'm looking at some things, my pick might be even spicier than Houston, Cleveland. I'm sorry about that. I take your uh, that no, I took yours. I, I, I kind of figured you would because that was the easy pick. That's why I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Give me the easy pick. Oh, you, you, know. you knew you knew I was going with the easy pick. <laughs> yeah, I did. You knew I was I going the easy pick. <laughs> I've I've drank for too long to not pick the easy pick, George. Yeah, I should have known. So I'm actually going to go with a really kind of out of left field pick. Um, we're going to Monday night's game. Yeah. Okay, then. 
Yeah. Okay, then. So okay, George. Detroit in spicy Lambo. Spicy as hell. In Lambo. So here's the thing Let's for me. Let's fucking go. Here's the thing for Are me. you going with Swift and Jamal Williams on your fantasy teams? I mean, look, if it's up to me, I'm going Swift and TJ. Big Hawk. Okay. Because... He, but, him and PPR, but also beast. Did you see? Did you see Jamal Williams in PPR? Really? It was good. stupid. It was honestly. So here's the funny thing. Just it's we're not going to happen again. I don't. It's not gonna I don't know again. if it'll necessarily happen again. But thing is, looking at the way the offense is run, it's Anthony Lynn as their offensive coordinator, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. You know it is. It so is. The fact that Jared Goff threw 60 times in one game is out of nowhere for Anthony Lynn. Like that just crazy brain explode made no sense to me but at the same time he produced he threw for almost or 338 yards three scores only one pick which that's i'd say that's that's a fair a fair stat line not bad at all um jamal williams and deandre swift the poet the pair of them were just awesome they're fantastic out of the backfield that i think really fits the offensive scheme that they're going to end up going with especially with golf i think we're going to see a lot of screens, a lot of those, those short into intermediate routes, especially TJ Hawkinson's their best receiver by, you know, by far. And man, right. He's easily good. Easily, like, easily he's their just, best receiver. He's just so good. I have him in a dynasty league and I had like 24 points from, and he was sent on my bench because Kittle was starting. Unfortunately, yeah. Kittle was starting. Uh, but thing is, like, even looking at some of their um, more depth receivers, I liked what I saw out of Khalif Raymond and Amon Ross St. Brown. They both had yeah. productive days. I thought that those two were just good in general. But thing is, that's just focusing on one side of this game. I think Green Bay is going to have to have a bounce back, especially against a defense like the Lions. So I think this is just going to be a case of two offenses that are really car- like kind of revving up. They're getting to hit their stride a little bit. Detroit's was a little, pretty impressive last week against the Niners, putting up what they put up thirty was it thirty three points total? Um, uh, pretty I, much that whole late fourth quarter comeback. Yeah, pretty, like that was really impressive. I had it on my TV for some reason. I was like, I, I was also sort of watching it. That's so <laughs> at that point, I'm like, you got the onside kick and they're they got thirty yard touchdowns and they had an onside. They had, they needed one more onside kick. I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. But like, and then with Green Bay, <laughs> with Green Bay, they have to bounce back. And it's not like the Lions have a great defense. Like, their defense is kind of bad. So they have to have a bounce back week. I think that's going to be uh, one of the bigger point-producing games of the weekend. So For sure. That is all that we have for you guys today. Thank you everybody for listening we really do appreciate absolutely it. uh please make sure to hit us up on youtube follow us on both uh youtube and spotify um thank you sage for coming please uh plug yourself again uh we really need okay. to know where everybody right can now you please give it to us of course uh and make sure to go uh go like uh today's california today's canada or coachella uh, coachella valley uh or like i said coachella.com is also on there uh i'm on twitter at saged up my show is on Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 12.30 uh, noonish Pacific. If you guys show up on live, we're going to be giving a lot more uh, gift cards out as well. So I appreciate the time on the show, and it's been a blast, honestly. And I hope to come on. Oh, we had so much fun with oh, yeah. you, Sage. We'll, we'll ha- we definitely 100% have to get you back here on. Uh, again, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Sage, for joining us. That is all that we have for you guys today. Uh, this has been the OTH Football Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Peace.
All right, y'all have a good night.